Hey guys, welcome back to another soundbite training. Today we're going to talk about how uh, to connect with students in their level and on their level and in their world. I think about how for small group leaders, one of my hopes and goals for you is that you earn the right to be in the kitchen. And what I mean by that is our students are going to face a crisis on some level uh, to them during their time that they're in junior high. And our hope is that you earn the right to be in the kitchen when that happens, that you're one of their first calls when they're facing this crisis. And so today we have a special guest that Josh is going to introduce. Yeah. So today we have our next gen pastor, Jason Smith was with us. Jason, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and just talk about maybe your experience in ministry and relating to students over the years? Sure. Uh, I started uh, ministry about 26 years ago, working uh, in uh, Urban Mission in Chicago, and then uh, we were down at a little church, or actually the church wasn't that little, but the town outside of St. Louis was pretty little, and uh, so we went from big city mission to little rural town, uh, doing youth ministry, doing uh, 6th through 12th grade down there for seven years, and then have been here for 18 years at Eastview doing children's ministry and a mixture of children's ministry and youth ministry, so... Uh, that makes me old. I'm an old man <laughs> sitting here with two young, vivacious people full of energy and life and nothing broken. So, broken old man. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jason, that is not, not how we view you at Well, all. I'm glad for that. <laughs> but yeah, so, I, so currently I work uh, as the next-gen pastor, as mm -hmm. you said. So that's babies through high school and overseas and get to work with uh, fabulous staff like you guys. Aw, thanks, Jason. You're welcome. And we feel the same about you. Yeah, one of the cool things, too, is uh, sixth grade boy leaders, you might recognize him because he's your small group coach. Yeah. And I guess if you're listening into the future, he's not sixth grade boys anymore, but still. <laughs> All right, so our first question, Jason, is how do we connect with students who are typically hard to connect with, and how do we get into their world? Well, I was thinking about that question and I was like, okay, there's the kids that are hard to like even just talk to. Mm -hmm. Like they may grunt an answer to a one word or a yes or no question or, you know, they're just hard to break in and, and even have a conversation with. And then there's those kids that you can talk all day with, but you're, they're not letting you in hmm. really. Mm -hmm. They're just keeping you busy with surface stuff. So I feel like there's both of that, but I would say, I would say, my biggest advice would be to say, just be patient. Take the long view of this. It might take a long time for you to get the toughest kids to eventually open up. So have little wins. You know, sometimes they're shy. And so uh, you might help them along uh, and they may say something or they may contribute some, some. Finally, sometime they initiate something without you asking them. So celebrate that. Don't overdo it. Don't smother them but just take those little wins. And sometimes they're just obnoxious. So, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes they're just, uh, they're pushing you away by trying to do everything you don't want them to do. Mm -hmm. So as an example of that, I had, uh, I, I get, as a sixth grade coach, I get the, I get the sub, which I actually totally love. I mm -hmm. just actually just got to do it the Wednesday before we were recording this. And, but anyway, uh, uh, several months ago I was subbing and there was a kid who came in and the first things he said to me is I'm obnoxious, like that fish on finding Nemo. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, okay, uh, so he, and then set out to prove it. So, I mean, he wanted to kind of prove that he was obnoxious, but what I was trying to do was to try to take something that was in his reality and just twist it towards the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so rather than say, 
uh, I'm obnoxious. So I, I, I engaged that. I'm like, okay, I engage that. I talk about that a little bit. But eventually I said, you know what, man, you're not obnoxious. You're funny. Mm. Like God made you really funny. You're clever. You're witty. And uh, so the rest of that group time went so much better. Mm. And then I just taught his group again these months later. And he greeted me with like, oh, yeah, epic Jason, which <laughs> if you know me, I'm totally not epic. But I got into his world and we got to share and it was mm. it was super cool. So I think some of the things that we can do are be patient, think long term, you know, mm. don't try to hit the home run every time you're up to bat. Just just keep things moving around the bases, get closer to those kids when they give you a crack, get in there, mm. be positive. You know, Proverbs 10, 11 says that the words of uh, the mouths of the righteous are uh, a fountain of life. Mm. And so our words, you know, we just only get to say so many of them. We need to be building these kids up, being a positive, steady, positive drip in their life. And uh, eventually, you know, you'll gain the trust. You'll gain some relational equity where they'll let you in. And, and so just pray and don't give up. You know, we've known a lot of small group leaders who've just hung in there. And when that kid was finally ready to enter back into either group or to go to the next level, They've had a constant voice in their life that's loved them and has stuck with them. So I would say long game, be patient, be positive, and, uh, and eventually I think you'll see some fruit from that. Yeah, that's really great, Jason. Um, something to kind of go on that same vein is sometimes leaders, I know myself have felt like this in, at times, but I know a lot of leaders as you get um, older in age and you're starting to like remove yourself from their generation more and more might feel like, they don't really know what's going on in the world right now. They might feel out of touch. So what would you say to a leader who might feel out of touch with a junior hire right now and how to like engage into their world a little better? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, what I don't, I mean, I think some of you younger leaders uh, have a little advantage in that and that you're just your affinity, your worlds are a little closer, your cultures are a little mm. closer. Uh, and so you might be able to engage in some, you know, s similar slang, uh, uh, pop culture, you know, those types of things might be an easy thing to connect with them on. But I don't think you have to be, I'm, I'm certainly banking on you. You don't have to be young and cool to connect with kids because that's true. Even when I was young, I wasn't cool. So, um, but I've been able to uh, see God uh, knit some hearts together with me and some kids. And uh, mm -hmm. it's been a, it's been more about just uh, if you show an interest into them, I'll give you mm -hmm. a, 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 an example. So this last week when I taught, there was a kid that kind of wanted to just kind of stay out on the edge and not really engage. And a couple of times he just, uh, oh, I wouldn't say smart aleck answer, but it was just some, something is like, okay, he's not, he's not in yet. So we just kept rolling. And we actually ended up, the whole, the whole lesson was on doubts, which was teed up by a kid's question way back at the beginning when we were just kind of talking. And, he, and I pointed to his shirt about something, and anyway – we engage and they started talking about something. So I, I ask more questions and try to deliver. So mm -hmm. when you get them talking about your life, their life, you don't have to know that much. There is, I think there's value in, in being in touch with their world. I think that's great. But there's one thing to be able to maybe rattle off all the top artists that they're going to be listening to on Spotify or top video game or any of that pop culture stuff. And there's something else to be able to just let them into your world and you know about their life. Mm -hmm. And so, so after, after last Wednesday, there was a kid 
that hung around for like 10 extra minutes talking to me about his div, uh, his uh, his uh, VR machine that he bought with mm. his own money. And he's going and he's taught. I mean, he kept, ta- I, he barely breathed. <laughs> this was the kid that wouldn't get into the lesson, but he was, uh, he was engaged. And, mm. and then uh, towards the end of this, towards the end of the lesson, he was just to be fair to him, he did engage. But then afterwards, he just talked. I know nothing about VR. Mm. I mean, having for a second, I kind of faked what VR was so I could remember what it was. So anyway, so I think there's just that part of it is just engaging them, listening to them about their life and, uh, and, I think kids respond to people who take an interest in their life. Mm. And you might come in with some of that already that you already know. If you don't, don't sweat it. Just ask questions, ask about them, let them talk about them and then be interested, genuinely interested. Don't, don't think about what the next thing is you're going to say. Don't let your eyes fog over or look for somebody else to talk to. Mm. Just let that sink in and be present in that moment when that kid's finally ready to share some of their life with you, you know, let that just let it come stop what you're doing and let it come that's super great jason thank you for that um mm-hmm. so then so we're talking about so you're getting on their level you're making them feel comfortable and talk talking to you about things but then there's this extra layer too of like having a safe enough space where they can have deeper conversations and talk about harder topics or things that might not come as easy or surface level for them so how would you go about creating a space in a small group for those type of conversations yeah well first of all you're going to you'll get what you allow. So if you allow um, people to attack somebody who's, and I don't mean like even where they're hostile, but if they poke fun at, but if you, if you allow that type of culture to breed in a small group, um, students won't feel safe. N- none of mm-hmm. us would feel safe. And so um, if you, if you, if you're going to get what you allow, you got to figure out what you're going to allow. And so there is a point to which, uh, you know, you do have to deal with the negative uh, uh, vibes in the room. You have to deal with the, the things that come out uh, that, um, you know, somebody says something vulnerable, somebody makes fun or laughs, and you just have to deal with that. Not, mm. I mean, you don't want to crush the ones that did that because, remember, they're immature. So um, we want to calmly guide them towards a more appropriate response. But then you just totally engage when a kid goes there vulnerably, you just go there with them. Mm. They could be a hundred miles off of the truth, mm. but that's okay. They're somewhere. Mm. And your our job as shepherds is to move them closer. Rod and the staff. Sometimes we're we're popping them because they're out of line, and sometimes we're just gently guiding them. And and so when we talk about vulnerable conversations or tough conversations, that's just part of it is you gotta be willing to to have the conversation. Mm. When they say something, take it where it's at. Don't try to correct them. Matter of fact, a lot of times, if you don't know what to say, like they say something, you're like, ooh, yikes, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Ask them, well, tell me more about that. Like, what makes you feel that way or what makes you think that way? And that gives you time to process what they're talking about. It also helps make sure you understand that you're just, they may have said something and they may not have said it well. So you don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on something that's not even what they actually said. So, uh, you know, you want to, you want to let them do that. And then also, um, we got to model it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if, uh, if we want kids to go to a deeper level, we've got to go there to a deeper level ourselves. So if, uh, if we keep everything surface and we never let them in to maybe some of our struggles or some of the things we've dealt with in in our growing up years and things like that. Now I do want to say, I think it's really important to, 
have discretionary vulnerability. Mm. So, you know, they are, they, I don't know, you know, who all's going to hear this and, and what uh, stage your kids are in, you know, how old they're going to be. But, you know, the, it, it, there's a big gap. And sometimes we forget how big that gap is between their uh, development and our development. And so when we talk about a struggle we have or have had, mm. we've just got to pray discerningly that God will help us to share the appropriate way. Mm. So, but it is important for us to be vulnerable. If, if we feel like, if they feel like, well, I can never be Josh, what's the point of trying? You know, we want to make sure that we say, Hey, we're, we're co-travelers here. We're, we're struggling together. And, uh, so this last week was on doubt. Sorry to keep going back to the last one. This is fresh on my mind. Was on doubt. And so, so many of the boys asked questions I would have asked when I was in sixth grade. Mm. So that's an easy connection. Like, yes, I felt that. And then the benefit of ha them having a teacher in their life is somebody's felt that but is past that. Mm. So just kind of gently guiding them towards maturity in those topics. Again, taking the long Long, we, I've, you know, I've answered this question so long, I don't even remember the question. Jeez, oh, man. Blah, you are talking blah, about creating blah, safe blah. spaces for deep conversation. <laughs> you did a great job. So, thing, sorry, I was just going to say, the things I love about these, these trainings is that I feel like I'm learning so much as we're going along the way. So this has been great. Yeah, I think it creates good reminders because I can think of times when I was leading a small group or even currently I'm leading a small group of people mm -hmm. my age. And when I started becoming more vulnerable with them and we went through a study that focused on vulnerability, I really saw a difference in the way that they were engaging. And so I think it is a good reminder and to be vulnerable and to just pray and discern what level of vulnerability that looks like for your age group and whatever they're going through. So I really really enjoyed that piece. I think it's just a, a good reminder. So thank you. Sure. Um, another question, our last question, um, or last big question, I should say, is we recognize that students are all over the place and have different viewpoints and ideologies and those kind of things. Um, I have several small groups that run through my mind of like, oh, there's this girl on this end and there's this girl on this end or, yep. or whatever. Um, how do you navigate groups that have such diverse opinions on different ideologies? Well, for one, to just prepare mentally, like you said, that that's going to happen. And and you're going to hear things out of kids who've grown up in church. You're like, what are you talking about? Did you pay attention at all? Um, and so, um, yeah, you're just going to have that. Part of that is they, so if we just recognize developmentally where they're at, just constantly remember, like, we've got years on them. Somebody like me has decades on them, you know, and we've had time to process, articulate, not say it the way we used to say. So part of it is they're just not, they're not aces in communication. So it just takes some of that to come, just let them explore what they mean by what they say. So they may say something they've heard uh, or read, uh, and uh, they may not even understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So it may be just a starting point for them to say, okay, so this is what you're saying, or, you know, repeat, th this is what I'm hearing. Is that right? And let them hear some things so that they're kind of understanding where their starting point is. And it may or may not be exactly how they can say it. So you're going to have that spectrum of, of things on different ideologies or different hot topics. And uh, first of all, I think we can model that for our kids. Like our world needs to learn the art of disagreeing well. Mm. We don't. 
we talk about being tolerant and we're everything but tolerant. And so I think if they truly have a godly person in their life that shows them how to be accepting, like accepting the person and then being able to have a loving disagreement between somebody, even on something that somebody might even get uh, emotional about, uh, you just have to understand that that is part of the game. Like we are not going to hit that home run every time we're up. It's not the idea necessarily. And so we're taking them further and further towards Jesus but um, uh, you're definitely going to have that, that difference. So, I, I mean, I feel like we get to model that. And I feel like also um, I, in, in getting ready for today, I was thinking through Ephesians 4. And there's a part in there where it talks about, now God gave us apostles and evangelists and pastors and teachers and all that. But then he gets down to there so that we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to pick us uh, try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak truth and love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And I feel like that, at, man, so if you just meditate on some of that as a small group leader and go, yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's what hangs in the balance. These, these kids need to be able to talk about their wrong ideas. You know, they need to explore those. They need to do that in a safety of a small group where they have peers that love them and a, and a, and a leader that won't give up on them and help them process, process through that. But in all that it, it does, it's just like, okay, those, we know there's all these different topics out there. There's all kinds of different philosophies, all kinds of different theologies. And, uh, and that's why God gave kids teachers, you know, that's why God give kids parents to be able to help them to mature. So they won't be tossed around by any kind of wave of cultural topic or, or new wave of teaching. Yeah, Jason, thank you so much for saying that. Like, like Josh said, I feel like I glean so much in these trainings as well and just help me become a better human. Um, something that I appreciated you talking about the, like reflecting back what they said. I think that's just a great mark of like active listening and it can go a long way in multiple scenarios of like a child just feeling heard in a situation where they may be disagreeing. I feel like can go a really long way. So thank you for mentioning that. Like your whole answer was incredible. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. When you feel dismissed, it's like, okay, I'm Mm -hmm. done. And sometimes we may, you know, inadvertently do that. And sometimes we're like, I don't know how to handle that. So I'm going to shut that down. And that's, it'd be better for us to come back a little more prepared the next week and having engaged them rather than shut them down. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. So do you have any closing thoughts or anything you want to share last second, last minute wisdom from Jason? <laughs> I don't know if it's wisdom as much as just like, Oh man, this is it. Like, it does not get any more real. I think if Jesus came to town, what he would do is he'd find a bunch of shepherds for these kids. Mm. And so he set his church up. Like, I try to tell the guys when we do kind of our pregame huddle before groups on Wednesday nights, it's like, guys, you are so vital to this process. Like, Jesus, you're doing the work Jesus started a long time ago. Mm. And uh, it just doesn't get any more real than this, that you are turning around to another generation to say, I'll disciple you. I will show you how to walk in Jesus. And so to that, I just say a big fat thanks. Thanks for letting us journey with you on that and be a part of this. And, and uh, you know, never lose the wonder of, of working for God. Mm.
Well, thank you, Jason. We are blessed to have been able to do this with you. We appreciate the wisdom and uh, stuff you shared today. And leaders, like Jason said, we love and value you guys. You guys do such incredible work for our ministry um, without the shepherding and pastoral work, pastoral work you're doing with our students, our ministry wouldn't be what it is. So thank you for what you're doing. We hope you feel valued and loved by us. Um, if you have any follow-up questions from this conversation at all, have any future topics you'd like to talk about, anything like that, you can always reach out to Felicia and I. Um, we'd love to help you out with that. But hope you enjoyed this soundbite training and we look forward to our next one.